I'm Amanda Pittman, and this is the Confident Woman Podcast. This podcast was created so I could have candid conversations with my confident committee. We'll talk about what you care about most, walking in your purpose, finding freedom, and becoming the woman God created you to be. So come join the committee, sis. We're going to chop it up, keep it real, and change the world. Amen. All right, so I just want to start off by sharing with you guys the vision for tonight. Um, I reached out to Kirsten asking kind of if I would be able to have a conversation with her about what the Holy Spirit had been putting on her heart lately, what she had been learning lately. Um, And I was actually really sharpened by what she brought up. Um, And uh, I think that this is a message that we can all here, um, but specifically for um, millennials in this day and age who are on social media, who are um, influenced by other go-getters and wanting to do big things, that's specifically who this is for. Us who, not necessarily those who are um, chilling, but those of us who are kind of like, our, our minds are going, we, we want to jump the gun, we want to go on to the next thing. And um, and so before I just keep talking, um, Kirsten, can you kind of just share with us um, the big picture of what the Holy Spirit has been talking to you and dealing with you on in this season? Oh, man. I feel like, um, and y'all excuse me if I'm like, and then I'm like this, you might see that a few times. <laughs> but um <clears throat> Um, I've been super, gosh, since starting Unfiltered, um, I've been, uh, I go between very, two very extremes, which I feel like a lot of people can relate to. I go between one, one cold of being too scared to jump or do anything, or even though God's pulled through, I'm like, Oh God, can you really do that? Like, I don't really know if I can really do that. I don't know if I really have what it takes and just being overwhelmed by fear. That's my one. And then I don't move at all. I just become numb and stagnant. And then my other extreme is I go zero to 100 and I'm not consulting God first when I have an idea and I will just, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. And I'll just go with it. And then I end up in a very frustrated space because I didn't go at the pace that God wanted me to go. I just got really excited and I just went and I'm, I'm trying to find that balance in between not being so afraid or not making excuses or not whatever the case may be, you know, drowning in comparison or all the things that we deal with (laughs) nowadays versus zero to 100. I got to keep up. What are you doing? You're being lazy to do this, like all these other things. And the Holy Spirit's just really been convicting me about um, where my heart is and who I really go to for inspiration. Who is it that I'm really going to or what? who am I seeking? What am I seeking out when I need the next move or the next plan? Or, or what am I using as validation when I feel afraid or I don't feel enough when it comes to my business or my dreams or whatever other branches that God wants me to venture out in. Um, And I oftentimes see a lot of people 
and I'm like, man, they're so brave. Or I'll oftentimes see people and I'm like, man, I'm not doing enough. Like I need to be like them, you know? And, um, I've just been really convicted. Like, where is my heart and, and what is my source? Because I think a lot of times, um, and you could tell me if you feel like this, like you ever feel like you go through a really big hump or like, I know, um, you told me like, like I've read some, I mean, obviously I stalk you and you're my friend, but you know, I know 2019 was such like a coming out year for you. You wrote your book, you announced your conference, you're like preaching more. And it's like, everybody, this is Amanda Pittman period. Like, hello. And I know you, a part of your story is talking about how like you were finding your identity. And then sometimes like when we get through that hump of like that one stage of feeling comfortable and this is finally who we are. Sometimes like for me, I can get comfortable. Like, okay, I found who I am. Like I'm good. And I can just repeat these steps, but God is constantly like, no, like if I'm going to take you level to level and glory to glory, each level is going to have a new thing of like, you got to come right back to where you started right back to the source. So I've just been really convicted because you'd be surprised how you could be operating like in your purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's trying to find their purpose or what they, and you're operating in your purpose, but then you still feel stuck. Yeah. So it's like, anyway, I, I could ramble on because I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm loving the ramble. All of it is so good. So good. Okay. So I want to go back to something you mentioned, you mentioned pace. Um, so the title of this is the pace of grace and, Um, I think what's tricky is pace because many times we're looking at everyone else and we're like, oh my gosh, their pace is going so quick. Am I, like you mentioned, am I I being lazy? Or um, maybe you may be thinking, am I going ahead of God? Am I thinking ahead of God? Am I doing um, extracurricular things outside of what God told me to do? Um, And so um, I want to know generally for other people, but First, personally for you, um, how, what are some signs that you know that you're going ahead of God? What are some signs that you know that you're going at a pace that you can't sustain? Oh, gosh. Um, sometimes the fruit isn't instant, but sometimes it is. For, my, for, for me, there were times where, number one, I have no peace. I have no peace, but I will push past it for the sake of like pressure. And I think sometimes when we're under pressure, it'll cause us to lay at the altar our peace and something we know we probably shouldn't do. It's not that it's a bad idea, but maybe we shouldn't do it right now. Like if I'm just, you know, I'm always going to be transparent. I'm going to keep it 100. So um, I remember when I launched the lip strobes, God gave me the idea for Unfiltered to do the lip glosses. And I was like, oh my God, that's so fun. Like, yes, Lord. And instead of me just being like, okay, God, so when exactly do you want me to do this? Like, help me do this timeline, Lord. I was like, we're going to do it. Boom, boom, boom. I had the money. I spent it. And then before I knew it, my business went into the hole. And these are things that like people don't know. They just look at you on social media and they're like, oh, she's good. She's happy. And I'm like crying on my couch. Like, we don't have any money. Just might as well quit. I suck. And it's so crazy because in that moment of just exhaustion and in that moment of lack of creativity and kind of pushing past my peace and knowing like, maybe I should wait on this. I just under pressure felt like I need to just make this decision now. Like I was making a lot of decisions 
and I read a quote somewhere. I don't even know where I read it, but it was like, are you making decisions based out of fear or based out of faith? And a lot of, sometimes a lot of my decisions were based out of um, fear at certain times. Cause I was like, I thought, and this is just me being 100, man, my first success was a fluke. Like, you know, my first time selling things out, that was just, that was just God's favor on me that one time. Like, it's not going to keep happening again. Mm -hmm. So when I would have a certain amount of money, I would just spend it all. Cause I was like, I need to just invest everything. Cause like, what if I never get this again? And it was, it was fear. It wasn't like, man, let me go sit at the feet of Jesus. Let me hear what he has to say. Oh, he told me to do that. Oh, that's stretching my faith. Like it's totally different. And it's, this, I do the same thing with worship, leading worship or speaking. I'm like, yeah, I did that one time and it was good. And that was just, <laughs> that was by the grace of God, but as if he's not going to grace me again. Yeah. Um, so I always have to, I, I went into the hole um, that one time with that story. And that was a fruit of mine that was off my decision because I didn't consult God as to when I should do it. I just under pressure sacrificed the peace that God was leading me with. And he was probably looking at me like, girl, I didn't tell you to do that. And I was like, but you gave me the idea. And it's like, yes, but just wait for it to grow. So I think definitely peace. Um, And I feel like sometimes my husband, he posted about this the other day, but he came home and he told me this story. And I was like, Solomon, that was so good. Um, Sometimes uh, the company or people will send packages to his job. And he got a shipment from Amazon to his office, but it didn't have his name on it or anything like that, but it was shipped to his suite. And so his assistant said, Hey, you have a package here, blah, blah, blah. And so he was like, yeah, I got the package, but it's not mine. And of course, out of curiosity, he's like, I wonder what's in it. Like, should I open it? Blah, blah, blah. And he was like, I'm not going to open it. And so he calls his reception, says, Hey, here's the package, send it back to Amazon, blah, blah, blah. And so she says to him, I'm so glad you didn't open that package because the moment you would have opened it, you would have been responsible for it. You would have been responsible how much it was worth. If it was damaged, who it belonged to, you would have owed the other person money. If it was damaged, you would have had to send it back to Amazon. And Solomon was like, I'm so glad I didn't open that package that wasn't even meant for me. And a lot of times Solomon was like, you know, husband, baby deep, you know, <laughs> pastor, husband, oh, that good. I like <laughs> but he was saying like a lot of times things can just come to our doorstep or opportunities or ideas or whatever the case may be. And if we open up things that are not meant for us, we end up being responsible for something that was never for us to be responsible for. And so I think a lot of times when you feel like this heavy burden, sometimes it is a part of your calling or your purpose or you operating in your gift, but sometimes it's just you like, sis, are you stressed? Cause are you, yeah. And I was just because of me. Right. <laughs> I was just because of me. Um, so yeah, I was allowing um pressure, I was allowing pressure to guide me um instead of sitting at God's feet. And I was really sacrificing my peace. So I wasn't really, you know, you know what I'm talking about when you just feel really clouded on the inside. You're like, something's off, and I don't know what it is, but I'm tired. So that's my very long-winded answer. I'm so sorry. <laughs> totally relate to that. I just felt, <coughs> felt so connected whenever you're mentioning um, about getting that first time you really sold out and feeling like, okay, I need to figure out how to do this again. Um, because even in yeah. 2020, God is shifting the way that he wants Michael and I to do business. And we're yeah. entrepreneurs. We ain't got no jobs. Like we don't like, I mean, sometimes entrepreneurship sounds sexy, but it's also like, you don't have a job. Like you don't have a steady check coming in. So yeah. 
what you're going to do. Yeah. So because the way that we we're formerly making money, it's shifting and he wants us to shift in a new way. I have to constantly stop myself um, from thinking, what am I going to do next to make some money? What am I going to yeah. do next? What am I just going to yeah. do And it's like, I cannot be led by the fear of money because then I start to worship that money, you know, then I start to worship um, my needs being taken care of as, as if I don't serve a God who takes care of my needs. And so I love that you're talking about being led by peace and not by pressure, because even um, in today's day and age where, you know, we have side hustles, some people are full-time entrepreneurs or some people are just jumping out into new creative endeavors or whatever it may be. um, We can't, we can't be led by that pressure of like, okay, I got to keep up. But if we are Christians, we have to be fully inspired by the Holy Spirit. One of the things that the Holy Spirit has been telling me lately, um, because, you know, when you're on social media, you're a creator, you know, like I'm creating for YouTube, Instagram. I just got on TikTok. And so it's like, I'm trying to be a creator and be creative. And the Lord kind of rebuked me on it. He was like, Amanda, like sometimes you're just trying to think of stuff to do. And he's like, Amanda, I will give you your content ideas. And I was really surprised by that. He said, I will give you your content ideas. And I called you to this space. And I was like, well, God, why do I constantly feel like convicted all the time about social media? And he's like, it's because I'm going to give you your content ideas. And I've called you to that space. And so you have to depend on me for it. It's just like whenever we try and go outside of God to get something that he has already called us to, it just turns into selfish ambition. It just turns into vanity. And it gets a hold of us. And then we start to worry like, oh, how am I going to keep this up? And it's just, it it gets into this really unhealthy place and it starts to take that place where God belongs. And so I'm kind of getting into this space where I'm trying to learn, okay, God, how can I hear from you and not be so caught up and worrying about, okay, how am I going to do the next thing? How am I going to post the next thing? How am I going to, um, how am I just going to keep up with everything that it is that you want me to do? But it's literally by his strength. Like everything great in my life has only been what he has breathed on from what he's told me to do. Like anything that has any kind of fruit has only been from him. And anything that's not going well in my life is some form of disobedience. That was me, Lord. My bad. That- I, re- I, re- I reclaim my time. Reclaim it. Reclaim my time. <laughs> And I and I kind of I kind of want to like I do want to touch on that a little bit because I don't what I'm not saying I'm not saying that when you follow God everything's going to be good. but what I am saying is when you follow God there's going to be peace and there's going to be fruit and fruit doesn't always mean money fruit doesn't always mean um, clout <laughs> that's not what fruit always means yes. fruit is peace joy you know like the the types of things that can't be replaced um and so um touching on that ambition piece what would you say is um kind of a healthy kind of ambition I know biblically ambition has more of a negative spin but just for the question what would you say is more of healthy ambition versus like okay this is this is vanity this is unhealthy this is toxic ambition stop I think in the world it's called ambition, but in in Christianity it's called stewardship. Okay. And I remember, um, man, I just 
it's so crazy because I didn't, I didn't even like makeup. I grew up a tomboy. And <laughs> yeah, I didn't even child. If y'all, I'm, I'm going to find pictures. I'm going to find some pictures, but I feel like for me anyway, um, it's the posture of the heart and am I, why I'm doing what I'm doing and am I stewarding it well? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, this was like back in November. This is just recently. I was really struggling. Um, I was really struggling about what the next thing I wanted to do for unfiltered and noticed my keyword, what I wanted to do for unfiltered. And I was driving home to Louisiana to go see my mom. And I was on the road. I was, I'll never forget it. I was in Birmingham, downtown Birmingham, Alabama, driving through because there was construction. I called Solomon. And we were talking and I just kind of started crying because I was really frustrated because I was like, I feel like I don't know the next step. And I feel like this and I feel like that. And Solomon's like just giving me ideas. What about if you do this? What if you do this? What if you do that? And I was just like, I just, and it was so, they were great ideas, but I just didn't have a piece about it. I felt like if I was to go in that route, I would just be picking something just to pick it. Like, oh, that's fun. Let's do brushes. That makes sense. Makeup. You know what I mean? Um, but I just, it might, it just, my heart felt heavy because I, this is just me personally, was trying to be, I don't even know the word, but I was trying to make the next step without God or without giving, not that I'm not trying to give glory to God, but it was like, I was, I didn't want the whole package. I'm just being honest. The whole idea of what God had put on the in my heart and on the inside of me was scary. And so I was like, you know, God, can I just sell lipsticks? Like, can we not do like all this other stuff? Because people are already judging me and <laughs> I'm scared. Like, I just want to be in the corner putting on lipstick, Lord. So and what about the other stuff? Like, there's the lipstick and what else was God wanting you to do? <clears throat> I think my whole, I always have to go back to the purpose of why I'm doing what I'm doing. Like, um, I'm not doing it because there needs to be another lipstick. I mean, if I showed you, I literally have my kit right here. If I showed you all the lipsticks that I have right here, there are millions of lipsticks in the world. You know what I mean? It's not, God is just so merciful and beautiful and sweet and kind and thoughtful that he's like, Hey, I'm going to give you something that I want you to execute in this world. And it's going to be a message about my freedom and my love and my sacrifice, but I'm going to let you do it in a field that you are passionate about. That's just God being freaking awesome. That has nothing to do like the whole purpose of everything is because we're supposed to spread the gospel. You know what I mean? And so I know that in the beginning of everything, I've always had a heart for women. I've always had a heart to pour into women's lives and speak to women and do things. And all that is just scary. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, but everyone loves lipstick. Ain't nobody going to judge me about a lipstick, Lord. Like, you know what I mean? Can we not? I don't want to talk. I don't want to preach. I don't want to leave. I don't want to do none of that. Let me just sell lipstick. And so I, for me, going back to the original question, godly ambition or to me is stewardship. Because it's like, if you're stewarding something, you got to think about like a garden, you know what I mean? You're watering, you're planting, you're toiling, you're pulling things out um, and you're protecting what God is calling you to do or what God is asking you to do. Um, Anybody can be ambitious. I can go right now and just be like, all right, y'all. So 
I'm selling this and I'm selling that and we're doing this next and we're doing this next and we're doing this next. And I feel like it's what you're being led by that causes you to go from stewardship to ambition. If you feel like, man, if I don't do this, I'm going to be behind God. If I don't do this, I'm not going to be this. If I don't do this, I'm going to, or if you find yourself being um, very jealous, thankfully I don't, I mean, I'm not trying to say like, but thankfully I don't have that. Like I'm always telling my girlfriends, I've had girlfriends come over to my house who want to start makeup lines. And I'm like, here, play with my stuff. See if you like my stuff. You want to use my people? You can use my people. Like, I don't, I'm not like that. Like everyone has a, has a space and a place. Like there's a table here, pull up a chair. But um, I think like if you, ambition, I feel like is led by things that are not the fruit of the spirit, things that are like jealousy and envy, um, things that are like being impatient and not waiting on the Lord. Stewardship is like, God, man, you gave me this eyeshadow. I'm going to make this the best darn eyeshadow I've ever seen. I'm going to get up. And I think too, all right, I'm about to, okay, hold on. Sorry. I think too, a lot of people think that because they've gotten a dream from God or a vision from God or whatever, that they could just sit and wait on God to do everything. And it's like, no, like I was really sick today. I still got up. I went to the supermarket. Okay. I I dropped off orders today. I came home. I took two showers so I could sweat some of this out. And then I I sat down and I filmed a tutorial because I want to get it up. I changed my website. There were things that I was like, I'm not dying. Okay. So you still have to be. And you're still on this thing. (laughs) Thank you. Because I, what, what, what? You have to be, I feel like you have to be excellent in what God's given you. And me and Solomon talk about it all the time, like how frustrating it is when like you see people or like brands of the world, like they're so excellent in their execution. Like you literally have single mothers or, or people who are struggling or people who don't even believe in God and they're killing it. They are, they are on time. They have a, they have a agenda for every single day. Their, their content is pumping out and they don't even know the Lord. Yeah. Like my stewardship is like, God, you've given me all these gifts. Like you showed you, you taught me how to do makeup. I swear to this day, I tell people, the Lord taught me how to do makeup. You taught me how to lead worship, Lord. You taught me how to be administrative. If you taught me how to do all these things, I need to steward them well, because people are going to look at me and be ultimately be like, man, her message is about Jesus. Her stuff is awesome. This is great. Like, you know what I'm saying? Knowing that you're representing not just you, but you're representing the Lord. You need to do excellence. Because some people, they just be like, well, God's going to do it. No, sis, you got to get up. And you got to stay up and you got to write what you got to write or do what you have to do, or I don't know what film, what you have to film, just, you got to do it, you know? So there's such a, there's such a balance. You know what I mean? I don't want to keep rambling. I want you to share. Yeah. There could be some extremes, you know, there's like an extreme of like, I'm gonna go ahead of God and do everything in my own power. And then there's another extreme of like, God's just going to do it for me. It's just going to fall out of the sky and I don't even have to be excellent. He's just going to blow on it, you know? And it's like, that's not realistic either. Um, And so I love that you just brought it back to stewardship, just stewardship like God. And for me, stewardship is like a daily bread. Like every day is stewardship for me. Like every day I'm asking God, God, what do you want me to do today? Because if I start to think about what's happening next month, if I start to think about what what my plan for 2021 is, that's like, first of all, it's going to start to my flesh because I'm like, what do I want? Second off, my anxiety is going to go through the roof. But when it's just like, God, 
would you just leave me today? Tell me how to be a steward of today. If I've done that one thing today or those two things that day, I know that I was successful. Um, and that helps me because it, it changes my definition of success from how much can I accomplish to how obedient was I, you know? And so I love that you just brought it back, brought that back to stewardship. So you brought up something that was really interesting um, whenever we were chatting about this before our, um, before the video call. And you're talking about how there's this new wave of people who talk about manifesting, um, like in 2020, I'm a manifest, uh, a snatch body or whatever it may be. Like, I don't hard work but um <laughs> but talk to me about um you know the types of things that people are believing and um yeah. us as christians should really approach that yeah um i feel like with manifestation and ambition the holy spirit just like dropped this line it's like ambition makes you anxious mm. stewardship makes you surrender Ooh, like those are the two different, those are the two different fruits. Yes. When you're being ambitious, when you're trying to keep up, when you're trying to do all this stuff, you get this anxiety. It makes you anxious. But when you're just stewarding what God's given you, there's this, there's this constant need to surrender it over and over again. So I'm just going to leave that there. But people are asking. Manifestation. Ooh, Jesus. Holy Spirit. You said ambition. Ambition makes you anxious. Oh, yeah. Good. Yeah, yeah. Ambition makes you anxious. Stewardship makes you surrender. Yes. Awesome. Holy Spirit was like, "You finna do that?" I'm like, "Yes, Jesus." Yes. <laughs> I'm like, "Let me just take off my lashes now, Lord." <laughs> um, <clears throat> I feel like um, manifestation in our society today, because it's not just a millennial thing. I feel like people older than me. Are talking about manifestation. I feel like people younger than me are talking about manifestation. Um, I even had my own questions about it. You know, like when we talked, I sat with my husband and I said, hey, what do you think about this? Because I even had some of my friends that I have known maybe for a long time or new friends or maybe just social media buddies were posting about it or speaking about it. Like, I'm manifesting this. Even some people that I follow who are just makeup artists or brand owners um, cause I follow, it's like my, my Instagram is nails, ministry, makeup, worship. Like that's it. That's all you see. So I see a lot of makeup things and, um, they say a lot about protecting your energy manifest. I didn't know. I was just, I'm like, mm. and oftentimes what I saw was that manifestation was more so linked. A lot of times this is just outsider looking in, um, to things that people wanted and it was more so like um financial physical acquirement and you know me and my husband just we spoke and we looked at the bible and we both decided us personally we didn't see a scripture in there that talked about a disciple manifesting anything i mean i never i, I didn't see peter you know manifest the fish I didn't see, you know, I didn't see, you know, nobody, man. I didn't see King David manifest his crown. You know, he still had to wait about 40 years before he became king. I didn't see, I was like, 
I didn't see Ruth manifest her husband either. Ruth oh. didn't manifest her husband. She followed the instructions of Naomi. And that's why, that's why someone said the only thing that manifested in the Bible was demons. That is the word. <laughs> you Wait. know what? Christian, you, know what? you petty. You petty. <laughs> I've I've never seen a scripture that talks about that. And the only thing that I have ever seen Jesus talk about is like, when you come to me, um, when you come to me in faith, believing that you already have it, it's yours. But that didn't talk about the new Mercedes or the high rise condo or, you know, a stack of G's. Like I'm confused. Like what's our purpose here? You know what I mean? And so if our, and I'm not saying that it's it's bad to have nice things or acquire to want to, you know, have a dream car or a dream house. Like, I'm not saying any of those things, but I feel like when you take on this authority, that you have the authority to give yourself what you want, like you're putting it out into the universe. First of all, who? Right. Who is the universe? Who are you? I don't, I don't know her. I know God. I don't speak to her. Me and universe don't talk. Mm-mm, I ain't got time. But I just feel like it's a lot of selfish ambition. Um, and that's why I think manifestation is birthed out of, I think. Yeah. Um, and that's just me. That's not biblical. That's not in the Bible. I'm just mm-hmm. talking out of my own like Click, click, ha, ha. Um, yeah. I've never seen that in the word of God where Jesus is like, hey, P.S. When I leave, I'm going to leave you the Holy Spirit. And then also when I leave you the Holy Spirit, I'm also going to leave you the power of manifesting. <laughs> so if you want to manifest <laughs> some new Yeezys, just think about it real hard and post 7,000 pictures of them every single day and say, I'm going to get me some Yeezys <laughs> and they'll come eventually. Like, and, and yes. And I don't know, I don't know if that seed was planted with like the dream board seed and I'm not saying that that was a bad thing but I know like it's just you just I think people are really tricky because it does say in the word of God about writing the vision down and making it plain but that was not for our own selfish vision it was oh someone just said that too I see you Latrice it's more about that if you really study the scripture that was more about a prophecy and what God was going to do for Israel you know what I mean And you can use that as a term, like, hey, write the vision down and make it plain for your business. But it's almost like the steps and the plan. You know what I mean? I don't, like I said, this is just me. I've just, Jesus speaks so much about, to the rich young ruler, he tells him to sacrifice everything. Like the rich young ruler is like, I've done everything for you. And he's like, sell everything you have and give it to the poor. So you mean to tell me that same Jesus that's telling this young man in order for you to get into the, in order for you to get into heaven, you have to sell everything, give it to the poor. That same Jesus is like, go ahead and manifest that Mercedes sis. Just manifest it, girl. You deserve it. Just get it. Matter of fact, make sure it's all matte and it's got rims. Just get it sis. Like I just, you know what I mean? There's uh, now if, if you work hard and you done paid your tithe, and you just get an influx and somebody bless you, then praise God, go and drive your Mercedes, sis. I'm not mad at it or your BMW or your, or your house or whatever. But I think it's just the root of, I have the power to call into my life what I want. And what if God's like, 
I've called you to a life of sacrifice. I've called you to a life of repentance. I've called you to a life of taking care of the widows and the poor and the homeless. That's, that's what I've called you to. You know what I mean? I don't know. Thoughts while I catch my boogers. Um, (laughs) I'm thinking about principles. Um, like principles work, you know, like if you work hard, if you're grinding, you know, you're going to probably see a lot of positive out of that. You know, you may see money, you may see influence, you may see a lot of those things, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that is what God wanted. Um, And then I think the big thing behind, I think the big thing behind this whole manifesting is the fact that it works for a lot of people. That's the crazy thing. You'd be like, like, it, and it kind of goes into this, like, law of attraction. <coughs> law of attraction. Like, it kind of goes into that sphere. And <coughs> is, is that it works. But many times it works is because wh- whatever you're focused on grows. And when you're focused on that thing, you're going to pursue that thing. And you're going to eventually attain that thing because that's where you're focused. Yeah. But when your focus is on Christ and you can attain Christ, then everything else will yeah. The way that the world works is it's you focus on this thing and you'll attain this yep. thing. The way that the kingdom works is it says you focus on the kingdom and then everything else will be added unto you. Exactly. You I literally have that scripture. I li- That is Matthew, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. I literally have it up on my screen because that was going to be one of the scriptures. I literally have it up. Literally. And so I, I think the source, like you mentioned, you, you alluded to this earlier, but the source matters because yeah. yeah get that Mercedes if you think about it enough visualize it work hard enough yes you can do all these things that you always wanted yes you can actualize your life and it can work yeah. but that doesn't necessarily mean that, that it came from God and it was God's plan it was God's will for your life that doesn't yeah. mean you're being faithful that doesn't mean you're being obedient and it doesn't mean that you're successful because um, yeah. obedience to God is success in his eyes and so yeah. um, whenever we go back and say okay what is it that I want you're literally manifesting your will on earth when it's like every day I pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is not my kingdom come, my will be done on earth as it is about manifesting in this way, in this form. We're literally talking about our will being done on earth and about our will being done on earth. What makes us any different than the unbelievers? That doesn't make us any different. And the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God came to oppose the kingdom of the world. We're not supposed to be like the world. We're actually supposed to be opposite of the world. We're supposed to do everything different than the world because we're kingdom citizens. And so if the world uh, looks at things to attain things, we have to look at Christ to attain things, you know, like we do everything different. Um, And so I think consider the source. Consider the source. Is the source my will or the source God's will? And many times in this Christian sphere, we start to just kind of like hustle, 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 grind, grind, grind. We're saying, I'm doing it all for you, God. This is for you, God. This is for you, God. And God's like, no, that's is it for me. Or is it... Right. Is it for me or is it for you? Like, I don't know. Like, and I only say that because I have I have even been in positions where, like, you know, okay. Y'all see my nails, okay? Y'all already know they real extra, okay? So obviously, I work very hard. This is one of the things that I like to treat myself with, right? Now, what if, and this is just like for me, because I don't have a Mercedes, I'm trying to manifest. 
But <laughs> what if God was like, because, you know, God has a funny way of, um, he doesn't have a funny way, but you are funny, Lord. But God sometimes has a way of push, putting us in positions where we surrender, or there's a sacrifice or something like that, or we could pray all day and God still doesn't do it. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been in those situations before. And so imagine me in a season, right, where God tells me to do something for Unfiltered that's going to cost me some money that I don't have. And he's like, hey, you can do it. You're just going to have to sacrifice getting your nails done. What I look like sitting in my car manifesting nails. Lord, I just thank you. I'm just going, I'm going to manifest these nails because I want them because they're my thing and I like them. I'm just going to, man- no, girl, if you don't sacrifice them dang old nails and go be obedient and go put a down payment on some lip gloss or something. Like, I guess I just, I try to apply it to myself almost like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's very weird. And I think it's kind of like what you said and kind of what we talked about is, um, um, the, the tricky thing is, is that we'll see people, like I follow influencers and I'm like, man, they just got a new car. They just moved into a mansion. Oh my goodness. And they're like, I manifested all of this. And to me, if I'm just being honest, and this is gonna, I'm gonna throw this out there. Some people may unfollow me and hate me, but it just sounds like witchcraft to me. And I know that sounds real crazy, but in the, in, in the Bible, it talks about in the last days that men will become lovers of themselves, lovers of money and lovers of sin. And to me, it's one thing for you to be like, I'm so thankful God blessed me with all of this. Like, look at what God has done in my life. He blessed me with this car. He blessed me with a job. He blessed, like, that's one thing who you're giving honor and glory to versus like, I manifested this. I called this into my life. And it's like, whoa, chill for me. I ain't got time. And even Jesus talks about not envy. I don't know if it's Jesus. I could be lying. I'm sorry, Lord. I'd be getting everybody mixed up. But in the Bible, it talks about not being jealous for the material things that people in the world have, like don't envy them because you don't know how they got it. And I don't, I don't want that. You know what I'm saying? And I think it's, it's hard. I have my own times where um, I was sitting in the, um, I was sitting in the, um, in the couch with Solomon a few months back, I was watching a YouTube video and I sat there and I had a really hard question for him. And I was like, if God is sovereign, like I, I really, I started asking, I was like, why would he let those people be successful? Like, you know, I start asking myself even those questions, like why are there so many Christians this or struggling or this or that? Or why, why is that person rich? And you see like these, (laughs) like why they got all that money. (laughs) But when you're a lover of money, that's what you will inherit. And at the end of the day, that's not going to bring you peace or make you happy anyway. And me and Solomon talk about that all the time. There have been times where, and that's why, you know, when we talk and we talked about this title, there have been times where I've been smack dad in the middle of my purpose. There have been times where I've had a surplus of money and I'm still miserable. That's real. That's real. I'm, I'm still sad. I'm still dealing with anxiety and depression and I, I'm still feeling insecure and like I look like a donut and still feeling like, you know, like I'm so frustrated. I'm so tense. I still don't like none of that even fixes anything yeah you just have a source 
that yeah. fixes it. You know what I mean? And so that's why the Bible, he warned, it warns us, like, don't be jealous about what other people have. You don't know how they got it. You don't know where it came from. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but like I said, I also don't want, you know, Christians or anyone on here to feel like I'm like, you don't need to be having nothing nice. No, sis, go ahead. If the Lord done blessed you and you got money in your savings account and you're being wise, go ahead. Yeah. girl I ain't mad at it go get it you deserve it sis you deserve it just know that you know just tithe off that check just tithe first and then go go and get your wallet like <laughs> how I feel so <coughs> sorry I said on that last point that you made like I I didn't grow up having much at all like I grew up real humble same um I was never like popular in high school or anything like that. I had lots of hand-me-down clothes, all of those types of things. It's really interesting. I'm in, in a place in life where, my place in life, I never thought I would be here. I, God has exceeded my expectations when it comes to that. Yeah. And it's so scary at times where I'm, I'm like, God, I have an amazing husband, two beautiful kids. I have a roof over my head. I'm further off than I would have been. Yet at times I still feel depressed. Yet at times I still, like you said, feel insecure. And it's like in those moments, it's scary because it shows me no matter how much more I get, I already have more than I thought I would. No matter how yes. much more I get, I know that this is not going to fix it. Yes. Pursuing things instead of pursuing God will always leave you dry. Um, yeah. But whenever you pursue God, he'll take care of your needs. Um, but you're going to be satisfied. Literally, yeah. when I don't pursue God, I'm so dissatisfied whether I have things or not. But when I yes. when I pursue God, I'm, I, you know, when I, which one did I say? You, anyway. <laughs> you said, <laughs> I was like, you said when you pursue things, you're so unsatisfied. You can have all the things that even more than you thought you'd ever have. And you're like, I pursue God. Yes. I have to have things. I'm still so satisfied. I'm, I'm yeah. over Flowing with joy. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. There is a person who, who mentioned, like, I made a vision board and all of that. And I kind of want to touch on goal setting, vision boards, and all of that. Those so, are needed. Yes. Like, it's it's not sinful to write a vision board. It's not sinful. No. To set it's not sinful to, to be organized or be wise. You know, that's yes. Um, What we're getting at is, are you you know, going after your will or are you asking God for the blueprint? And so there's a difference between writing down your vision and writing down God's vision. So at the end of 2019, I was asking God, God, what do you see for 2020? Not what do yeah. I see for 2020? It was literally a prayer. It was prayerful. And I didn't write down anything until I heard God speak or give me an impression. And honestly, he didn't say anything real sexy. He just said discipline. He wanted more discipline. Yeah. And so he wasn't asking me, you know, he wasn't saying, oh, this is going to be your year of overflow. It's actually a greater level of sacrifice, a greater level, yeah. level of discipline. And I'm not saying it's always going to be like, like that. There's seasons of, there's seed time and there's harvest for you. It may be a harvest season. That's okay. Um, but what I am saying is that if you ask God for the blueprint and then you write down the plan, then, then you're just really um, writing down God's vision and you're going to make that his will manifest on earth. And when you make his will manifest on earth, you're, you're fulfilling your duty. Um, yeah. But 
I also like that you touched on the witchcraft thing um, because we use a lot of like, I was using a lot of euphemisms, but I'm glad you just kind of got to it. Uh, really, really. I was, I was look, if y'all met my mama, my mama, my mama, my mama would have been like, I got that oil. I got the oil. I just, well, because I, and I have like, I don't have um, vision boards, but I have like big pieces of paper and I'll sit down with God Monday mornings. I always, I sit with God and I have a business meeting with myself because it's just, it's literally me at a table and I'll talk to my husband after I sit with the Lord and I just start writing. And, and sometimes I'll go to different makeup stores. Like, and I kind of just want to jump on piggyback on that, what you said, because I want every woman on here to feel safe, to dream, to feel yeah. safe, to flourish and say, man, what if I did this? And what if I did that? And to allow that garden to grow, it's okay to have dreams and write them down and, and see them before you. Because in times when you're frustrated in times when you're weary or tired, or don't know if you got what it takes, or, you know, the enemy's all in your face, you can look and be like, man, in August of 20 something, like God gave me this idea to like do this or write this book or start this blog or, you know, make this whatever. And I remember that and it's right here. It's on my wall. Like it's important to have those things. I don't want to make it seem like it's not. It's just the, you know, when people be like, I did. No, Susan, you didn't do that. That was the Lord. The only reason you're breathing is because Jesus put air in your lungs. Remember that, Susan? Just remember. So. Okay, I'm sorry. Witchcraft, witchcraft. <laughs> no, that, I'm glad you interjected there. That was really good. Yeah, I mean, witchcraft, a lot of times we think about witchcraft as like, it's a bunch of demons, it's satanic. And yeah. witchcraft is that, don't get me wrong, but um, witchcraft is very subtle. Um, it's really somebody saying, I want more power than I have right now to make my will manifest on earth. That's really what it is. Like, when somebody curses another person, it's, I want that person to suffer. And so I want to make my will happen to that person instead of saying God, your will. And so witchcraft is any form of manipulation to make your will manifest on earth. And so yeah. it's, it's very, it's very simple. And so I like, like a lot, like I mentioned, a lot of times you think of it as just like this very spooky thing, but it's actually very subtle. There are many yeah. persons who operate in witchcraft unknowingly because yeah. Submitted, and so like a yeah. submitted heart is really the cure, as you mentioned, um, to see God's God's will manifest on earth. So yeah, I was gonna say about that. That's good. That's yeah. good. That's good. So, um, and I just said the word, and you're like, let me clarify. I'm like, thank you, Amanda. Thank you. <laughs> thank yeah, you. That's good. I I mean, I think we need to have that kind of fear of God. You know, like and and. Whenever I say fear, I'm not saying like you're literally afraid that God is going to punish you, but more no. we fear the opinions of man. Like we get anxiety about what people think about us. We, we worry about if we're going to keep up and God's saying, I want that place in your life. I want you to treat me like that, where you consider my thoughts about you, where you consider whether yeah. or not you like your actions. Um, yeah. We need to put God in his rightful place because we start yeah. to ask opinions we start to idolize you know followers and likes we start to idolize money in the bank we start to idolize yeah. things we start to idolize all of these things and God's saying I want that place in your life and so you're you're pursuing all of these things and in your pursuit of these things you're losing that source and you're losing that joy you're losing that fulfillment and so yeah uh, I think the cure to this is like you mentioned surrender but surrender to God's will instead of 
self-will. Um, yeah. So um, I just wanted to ask you, what are some, what are some big, big things you want to leave uh, for any hardworking women on here, um, women who want to be good stewards, women who have big dreams, big goals, God has put something um, big in front of them, and they want to make sure that they're stewarding it well, and they're not going ahead of God. Oh, gosh. I'm really thinking. I think my biggest thing, um, and this is just something, the first, the first things that come in my head, um, accountability. For a really long time, I did not have accountability. I didn't have people that I was surrounded by that were praying for me, that um, I was praying for them, that were healthy relationships. And not every relationship is an even give and take. You know, you have people in your life that you pour into. You have people in your life that um, are your equals. And then you have people that are, you know, hopefully someone who can pour into you. But having accountability is so important because I feel like a lot of our women um, are not feeling safe anymore. Um, I think, and in a sense of because there's so much... um, comparison with social media and things of that nature and social media is such a cool tool to reach people but it can also have people be instead of like um self it's like self it's like um inflicting harm on their self-care if that makes any sense you know what I mean because they're they don't feel like where they're at is safe or like they don't feel safe to open up and be honest and be real about where they're at because they're looking at everyone else and they're like, man, like no one else is dealing with that. Trust me. We are, we definitely are. Um, so I would say accountability, having, having people around you who can help water you, who can help toil with you, who can help keep you accountable. Like, Hey, I remember you told me like the other day, my best friend called me. She said, have you started writing yet? I said, no, and she was like well I need you to sit down I need you to do it that's good and I was just like okay like I was just like you got something good girl like I just and that was just it she just said it really plain but you need those type of people in your life or like hey you remember when you said you wanted to go back to school and you're like yeah did you apply yet and you're like no you know what I mean and you need those you need those people around you um so I would say accountability um intentionality um sitting at the feet of Jesus so you can always I'm gonna be so deep it's like the worship person in me but it's like every time I see every time I think about sitting at the feet of Jesus I imagine myself I imagine like this stream and I'm I'm there and I'm sitting and I'm kneeling down. It's like, I'm taking my heart and I'm dipping it in the water and I'm bringing it back up again. And I'm dipping in the water and bringing it back up again, because it's like, that's where all of my questions are answered. That's where all of my, my, my thirst is quenched. That's where I feel hope again. Like I have to be there. And then I'm, I'm reminded of his heart. Like, yes, I I want, um, I want, 
every woman to feel like they can have fun in their purpose and be themselves, no matter what that looks like. Like, girl, dye your hair hot pink, get hot ghetto nails, wear some, who cares? Live your life. But Jesus cares about what's in your heart and what you're stewarding and what he gave it to you, just like the parable of the talents. You know what I mean? And so I feel like in order to steward that well, you have to know his heart. And that's one thing that I'll be just in the car driving, you know, Solomon will be driving, we'll be riding around and I'm just like, Jesus, what is your heart? Like for real? Like, cause I know you had like 12 disciples and they all kind of wrote books on your behalf and stuff like that. But like real talk, (laughs) what, what is your heart? And the scripture that I always go back to, um, is in John 15, where he talks about, um, the vine and the branches, like I'm the vine and you are the branch. And if you remain in me and I in you, you'll bear much fruit in season. He talks about pruning. And he also talks about, I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends. Like Jesus is like, yes, you're doing things, but like, you're my friend. And the reason I call you my friend is because you know what my father's doing. Because when you come to me, I'm going to tell you. Like, if you're just trying to, um, gain your inspiration off other people in your field, you're going to fall flat every single time because what their grace to do is not necessarily what maybe your grace to do. You know what I mean? Like, I don't mind going to like, you know, I do, we got makeup. So I don't mind going to Ulta, Sephora. I'll study marketing. I'll study brands. I'll study trends and I'll pay attention to that because that's just a part of it. But at the end of the day, if everyone's launching, let's say the trend is highlighters. If everyone's launching a highlighter, but the Lord's like, I don't want you to do a highlighter. I want you to do brushes. Lord, everybody's buying highlighters right now. I don't want you to do a highlighter. I want you to make some brushes. Well, Jesus, you going to make brushes or not? Yes, sir. Yes, I am. Darn it. I'm going <laughs> to make some brushes. So, but I can't go to them as my source. Like I have to still, I guess like um, when I sign my name on the dotted line, I need to know that, that my co-signer is the Lord, period. You know what I mean? And I can gain refreshment and, and, and inspiration from so many people and be like, oh, I can do this and I can do that. And they did that. And that's, that's a good idea. And I'll pull from all these different places and I'll vomit it out on the wall. And I'm like, all right, God, show me what you want me to do. Like, this is cool. And this is cool. And this is cool. And God will be like, nope, take that out. Nope. Pull this in. Boom. And then also, um, I feel like, and I know this is going to sound super left too, but, um, know your audience know your message, know what it is that you're trying to say and who you're saying it to. Um, I remember when I was um, starting Unfiltered, I was really trying to figure out like what I wanted to say with it. Like I knew that the Lord birthed it on the inside of me because of what I had been through, but I did, I still didn't know what I wanted to say. Like what was the message behind it? I know it was the gospel, but what was the drive, the kick or the driver home? Um, And it was, you know, basically, obviously the biggest thing is like redemption and things of that nature. But um, with that, my heart was for people who felt like they failed and felt and that I knew that that was my audience because that's something that was so real to me. And I think making sure you're authentic and being yourself is a really big thing, especially in social media. I feel like a lot of times there's such a... um, 
pressure in such a hard time of wearing a mask and not being who you are. Like, I'm just, I love the Lord, but I'm also very hood. Amanda, you know, you around me all the time. You already know. I try. Heather came up to me on Wednesday. <laughs> Heather came up to me before praise and worship. And she said, I just can't, we just can't get the hood out of you, can we? I said, no, ma'am. She goes, it's okay. <laughs> Heather was like, it's okay. God put her in there. I said, he sure did, sis. And she'll come out whenever you need her. <laughs> I used to be ashamed of that side of me. I used to try to water down that side of me. I used to try to like, you know, morph and shift to be accepted and be like someone else. But if you really want to be and do all that God's calling you to do, you just got to be yourself. Like, even if it's not that pretty, even if it's not that likable at times, you know what I mean? I'm really loud and I'm real hood and I don't care. Like, it is what it is. Like, it, just, it is what it is, sis. But some people will relate to me and some people won't. And that's okay. You know what I mean? Just being comfortable that you are the way you are. God made you that way. You know what I mean? And even your quirks, your personalities, things that you're, you know, even things that you're insecure about, people will relate to that because they probably look at you sometimes, and not you, but like, you know, people, you like, they're probably not insecure about anything. You're like, no, actually, I had a pack of Gushers today and I'm regretting it. I counted every calorie in every pack. Like, I know, you know what I mean? Like, people don't know, you know what I'm saying? So I think being authentic, um, always sitting at the feet of Jesus, of course, being intentional and things of that nature are like, some of the biggest things that I would say and having accountability. Those are big, big, big ones. Yeah. I was pleasantly surprised that you said accountability. Um, I wasn't, I just wasn't expecting that. And it's like, that's yeah. very, very key. Um, it's a key ingredient that like, for instance, if we're, if we're always, you know, pursuing things or setting our own goals and we never run by anybody or bounce them by anybody, we don't have anybody to check us really. Um, and I think a lot of us are running as lone rangers because we're running as lone rangers, it starts to slip. And so I'm really glad that you mentioned, actually everything that you mentioned surprised me. I mean, sitting at the feet of Jesus, maybe not surprising. That's very, but being yourself, being yourself is so important because I think when we try and get, trying to fit to other people's shoes is when we, um, start running out of our grace, you know, and And you preached about that one time. I remember you preached about that. It's what this past 2019. Yes, you did. You talked about trying to be some, trying to do some, it, I think it was like go downtown. You preached about trying to like be someone else or try to wear someone's shoes. And you're like, you're not graceful. Yeah. You had your hand out. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's all I remember. You remember it more than I do. I'm like, I'm like, girl, I preached. I said, yeah. Amanda, yes. You preached I mean, about that. Yeah. Literally. Yes. You just won't be on it. It just, <coughs> not acting if you're not yourself. I love everything that you guys said. Hey guys, if you love this, give Kirsten some love in the comments, some emojis, some something, or let her know your big takeaway. Um, YouTube world as well. Did you guys just love this? I love talking. Like reading the comments was like, people were saying stuff like literally while it was leaving our mouths. It was so crazy. It was like, we were all knit together. It was amazing. Yes. I love it. I love y'all. Oh, it's great. Well, we are going to do some Q and a, um, but before we hop into Q and a, I want the opportunity to invite every single one of you guys to the change conference 
2022 in June, in June of 2020. Now, guys, I have made the decision to, I know you can see my face. I have made the decision to make the cutoff date, May 29th, 2020. That is the last time. Actually, my husband gave me the ultimatum. I was like, let him go to the end. He's like, nope, we got to be wise. And so, um, so I'm honoring my husband, but the cutoff date to get your ticket is May 29th. So we will not be procrastinators. Um, and, and, and the reason just is because, um, it's, it's a limited space um, and we want to make sure that everything is accounted for. But this conference is completely dedicated to shedding what was never you to become who God has called you to be. Um, so it's going to be um, we're going to be touching on four main areas, um, your identity, um, deliverance, getting rid of whatever's in there that don't need to be in there, um, development. So sharpening your gifts and activation. Um, just walking, um, finally walking into whatever it is that you need to do. Um, and so Kirsten is going to be one of our speakers. We have Miss Heather Lindsay, Jacqueline Small, Ashley Brown, Kirsten. She's going to be talking about change your story. Jada Height, Natasha Miller. My husband and I were going to do a joint session and then I'm going to do a session as well. Really super excited about that. It's going to be at the Renaissance Concourse Hotel at Atlanta Airport Hotel. And it's seven minutes from the airport, y'all. So you can literally get to the airport and take a shuttle from the airport to the hotel. You're there. And then you ride back in the shuttle back to the hotel. It's so easy, so close. Everything is right there for you. Um, the venue is in the exact same hotel. You literally never need to leave that. And so um, it's a really, really awesome thing. It's a three-day um, a three-day conference. And guys, the things that God has told me about this is that um, your life is going to be changed. That's literally the whole premise of the com uh, of the conference is change. Um, and so there have been some things that you guys have been carrying around, some weights, some barriers that have been blocking you. And maybe it is it's an identity issue. Maybe it's a maybe it's a deliverance issue. Maybe it's OK. There are some spiritual weights I'm holding down. I need to get rid of those things. Maybe for you, um, it's a developmental issue. Like, I don't know the next step that I need to sharpen my gift. I don't know my next step. Um in order for me to walk into my purpose. And maybe it's just activation. Okay, I didn't learn how to do this confidently. Okay, God is saying that this is the season for me to go. And I just need that one last push to go into this new place. And so I believe that lives are gonna be changed at this conference. Your life is gonna be changed at the conference. And I wanna invite you to the Change Conference 2020. And I'm super excited to see all of you guys there. All right, so. Woo, woo, woo. So make sure that you guys ask your Q&A questions in the Q&A box. Um, We're going to show preferential treatment to the Q&A box instead of the chat. Um, <laughs> first, the first question um, from Anonymous says, I don't know what God is telling me to do versus what the world says I should do. I'm oh. in a state of stagnancy and it's making me depressed. Oh, wow. I know that. Ooh. I know that all too well. I know that all too well. Um, I'm not sure how old you are, my love, but um, I went through that season. I, uh, I want to make this very long story super short, but um, when I was 21, I got married. I was on staff at my church um, between the ages, I think, of 19 and 21 for about two years. And um, I was 
like living the dream. I said, man, you know what? I have this dream job. I had everyone telling me that I was called to the ministry. I was on staff at a church and I was like, I made it. I'm good. And then, um, after that, um, I got married, moved to Atlanta and God snatched that whole, literally everything was gone. And I started to go to college, um, because I wasn't getting a, it was just a, such a new foreign season for me. And I literally had people telling me, why are you going to college? You're called to full-time ministry. And then I have people telling me, you need to go to college if you want to get a job. And I switched my major so much that if I try to go to college today, they would tell me no. <laughs> they would not give me money. That's how much I switched my major because I was allowing people to tell me, um, sorry, y'all, my nose is running. I was allowing people to tell me the box that I was fitting in. Earlier, I was telling Amanda I grew up as a tomboy. I was not into makeup at all. Um, I think the thing is about, I'm not sure exactly like the world. I'm assuming that like the world is telling you maybe you need a college degree or you need to go to the army or you need to be an entrepreneur. I'm not sure exactly what the word, what the world is telling you to do. Um, But if I were you, instead of just telling you just to pray, I'm going to be super, I want to also give you something practical. Um, I would say, um, take some time out and write down things that you love to do. Um, write down things that you're passionate about doing things that come easy to you. Things that kind of, um, give you energy is what my husband says, like make you be revived. You know what I mean? And, um, oh wait, shoot. I don't know if this is the same person, but, um, Anyway, but I would say that and I would um, I would kind of make strides and think of ways that you can make an impact with those passions and those gifts and those things that give you energy. Um, and then that I would go from there. Like I knew for a very long time I loved pouring into women. I love helping women. And that is something that made me feel fulfilled. And then when I started being creative with makeup, I realized, man, I could use this to make women feel beautiful. I can use this to help women feel like this. And that's kind of where I started to steward over that gift and started to share. And then a few years later, here we are. So I feel like putting those two together is going to be very practical um, and help hopefully give you some direction and some fruit as God leads you with like peace and stuff like that. What do you think, Amanda? I think that's spot on. I wouldn't add a thing. Ashley is asking, how do you steward being called as a wife from God while still courting? Okay, gotcha. How do you steward being called as a wife? Interesting. How do you steward being called as wife from God while still courting? I feel like I, I don't, I don't know if I personally understand the question all the way. I think they're okay. I'm, I'm, I may misunderstand it if I do. Whatever. But I think what you're asking is how do I steward courtship when I know that I'm going to be a wife? Um, and I think the way that you steward courtship, and, and and I don't, I don't want to oversimplify, but I really believe that this is the truth, having done it. Um, <clears throat> you steward courtship in the same way that you just steward your life. You seek Jesus. Um, like whenever I would try and like, if we're talking about purity, at least, um, whenever Michael and I would try and set a bunch of boundaries, we would end up crossing those boundaries. And we would, you know, we'd be like, oh, we can't lay horizontal. We can't watch movies at 9 p.m. or whatever it may be. 
but we would still figure out ways to get as close to the line as possible. But whenever yeah. we were seeking Jesus and we were madly in love with Jesus, we wanted to stay as far away from the line as possible. Um, it's really love for God that fuels your obedience to him. And so just fall in love with Jesus. So many times we focus on how do I prepare to be a perfect wife? And don't get me wrong. There's a lot of preparation that goes into it. Like you've got to do some soul work. Don't get me wrong. But that soul work is found in the pursuit of Jesus. And so the more that you pursue Jesus, the more you're madly in love with him, the better the wife you're going to be, the better the mother you're going to be, the better, better steward of everything that you're going to be. And so, um, I don't want to oversimplify it, but I, I just want uh, you and your future husband to just be pursuing the Lord with everything in you. Um, and <laughs> it's going to take everything in you when you have at least the physical temptation there. So that's what I would say. Did you have anything to add to that? Amen. No, I think that's how long did you and Michael date before you got married? So we were we dated 11 months before he proposed and then um, we were engaged another six. So it was like a year and a half we were together. Okay. Me and Solomon dated for five years. Oh, okay. How did you, how I was stressed. I was stressed. I was stressed. And I was under a lot of pressure. Just wait. Just don't rush. Just actually don't rush it, baby. Just let it. Cause let, you going to be a wife and you're going to be a wife the rest of your life. Just, yeah. <laughs> just, just enjoy it. There were things that, like you said, with the soul work, I just, that's so good, Amanda. Cause there are things that I'd never dealt with. Like, at all before I got married and it it almost destroyed my marriage like at least three times yes it was the devil yes it was the enemy but it was also for lack of I was so worried about being married child I had so many things I had to I hadn't dealt with and I was like oh god but when you get married like I'm not saying they don't come out in courtship but when you're married it's just something that that's like a mantle that comes on when you you, it is iron sharpens iron. You're going to see some stuff about yourself. You're going to be like, wait a minute, Lord. Yeah. So I disagree with everything you said. Soul work. That's how you, that's how you steward it for sure. No, I can, I can keep going on that, but for the sake of discipline, thanks everybody's answers. I yes. Like, there's so much in that. All right. And yeah. that's, uh, we'll be, where there'll be a replay of this teaching. Yes. Yeah, so it'll be on, uh, I'll leave it up on YouTube. Um, so you can just go to my YouTube and then I'm also going to upload it to my podcast. So. Is that, is, that, is that okay with you, Jason? Yes, whatever. Girl, whatever you want to do. Because I, I never talked about that with you. No, of course. Um, okay, so Anonymous says, I feel like I'm called to speak to Black women specifically, but I was told that God would put groups on one's heart, like women in general, but not necessarily a certain ethnicity. Am I wrong? You know me. I'd be the first one to be like, sis, you better talk to, you better talk to him. Um... I mean, to me, I just don't feel like there's anything, I don't feel like there's anything wrong with that. I mean, that's just, that's just my heart. And I feel like, um, if that is, if that's, if that's the specific group that God's calling you to love on and help heal, just go for it, do it. Like, you know, I, I would just be obedient, period. I mean, not... Does that make sense? Yeah. You know what I mean? So earlier, um, so I would agree with you, Kirsten. And um, earlier you mentioned knowing your audience. Um, yes. Pastor Darius Daniels talks about this at a conference that I went to. And he, he talked about we all have a metron. 
and your mentron is your scope of everybody that you're going to reach. Yeah. Uh, everybody's mentron is the same, you know, like um, some famous pastor preacher is going to have a but much bigger metron and that's what the Lord has assigned to them. And, you know, um, you know, Susie who works at the bank has a smaller metron and that's okay. Our goal is just to be obedient to whatever God has assigned to us. And so um, concerning your metron, it, it really boils down to who's your audience um, because you can't reach everybody, you know, like I can't reach who God has called you to reach and you can't reach who God has called me to reach if they're in different spheres that and so if you feel specifically called to black women that may be a burden that god has placed on your heart yeah um, and you probably have ways of relating to them and ways that you know an asian person wouldn't be able to do a white person wouldn't be able to relate and because you yeah. struggle um you're going to be able to you know um speak their language in terms of um relatability and so um, I think that's really important, and that's that's often why we'll see like divides and and race in church. And I'm not saying that that's always a good thing. Um, yeah. But when you when you speak the language of a specific crowd, you're going to meet those needs. And so, if you're called to that specific person, I just say you be obedient to that thing. Um, I just think the only place where that would be dangerous is if you don't have a love for ministering to other races. Um, or if you do, or if you refuse to minister to other races, then that would be yeah. that would not be good. That would not be good at all. Um, but having a specific emphasis on a specific race, um, if God has placed that burden on your heart, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. But um, what do you think about that, Kirsten? No, absolutely, Amanda. Check your um, your video, Mama. The girls are saying they can't see you. Can't see me or hear me. Okay, I'm gonna turn off my. <laughs> Y'all are so cute. I saw that picture of you and Michael. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because we both use the same account. Let me check. Uh, I still see my face on YouTube. Can you guys see us now? Kirsten is visible when Amanda talks. Oh, now she's, now they see you. They see you now. They just they, We just need a little reboot. They just okay. need a little reboot. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I think that's great. Like, my mom, you know, I'm, I'm Puerto Rican. My mom is the Puerto Rican in me. I'm, I have, like, five million different ethnicities going on and my mom is very well she speaks you know obviously very well Spanish Spanish very well and um in our community in Shreveport um it's there are not many um resources for Spanish-speaking women or women who are Spanish-speaking and so um she actually has gotten certified to go into the court system and help on behalf of Spanish women who can only speak Spanish who are in domestic violence relationships who are trying to leave and so she feels helpful. And now she'll help whoever else needs her help, but she's very intentional about making sure she's available for those women because she knows that she's a source of relief for them. And that's where God's called her to be. So I just feel like if that's the ground that God's toiling you to work on, do it and don't let anybody stop you. And I think just what you said was perfection. As long as your love is all the same for everyone, you know what I mean? But that is your, that's your ground, girl. Get the, get that ground, sis. Yes. Okay. Um, three more questions in me. Are you good for three more? Yes, yes, for sure. Whatever you want, my love. All right. Chantel says, how do you fit your message to your people? I believe my audience is who you all are speaking about, that are Christians that are misguided by mantras and manifestation teachings. How to speak language without attracting the wrong ones in that area? 
I don't have to call that out. How do you get your message clear? Um, so oh. I'll give you a little piece of practical, uh, a little practical. So whenever I, um, my husband and I sometimes will help um, coach people on business. And things, um, actually, the very first thing that we always do whenever we coach people on business is we help them come up with an ICA. And an ICA is uh, an ideal customer avatar. Um, and my ICA, her name is Kiara. She's 24. She loves listening to podcasts. She spends four hours a day on Instagram. Um, and come up with this avatar of, um, you know, what this person is, what they look like, um, what their habits are, what their interests are. And um, then you handle your messaging around them. So my ICA, Kiara, she just broke up with her boyfriend and she's looking on, looking into pursuing the Lord more wholeheartedly after her breakup. So I know how to cater my messaging to somebody who, um, you know, loves listening to podcasts, who is a Christian, who's deep in the Lord, but just went through a breakup, you know? Um, and so I think you really getting super granular, super clear on that person you're trying to reach. Um, now, like if this, if it's, if it's not something like business, I totally get it. But, um, you know, I think that's, it's just a really helpful exercise, you know, um, it's and that. And the thing is when I target someone like a Kiara, um, for anything, business endeavor or whatever, when I, when I target a, an ideal customer like that, that doesn't mean that people who are not like her wouldn't get some love. You know what I mean? It just means yeah. I, I have a focused message and you can, create that message around their pain points. And so figure out, okay, what is the problem that I'm trying to solve? So you create that, that customer, ideal person, and then you say, okay, what problem am I solving for them? What is their pain point? Because everybody has a pain point. Now, as humans, whenever we're sharing the gospel, our pain point is we suck, you know, like we're going to hell and we need salvation. Everybody's pain point is the same. So you just have to customize that. But for anything like really particular, anything more specific, like if you have a business or something like that, figure out what that your your ideal customer's pain point is, and then go and try to solve that. And you can shift your messaging around that. Hopefully, that kind of makes sense. Kirsten, did you have anything to add or mention on that? Hello. No, I'm here. Oh. I'm just real. <laughs> I think no. I think you killed it. I think you killed it, man. I think you killed it. If it ain't fit, if it ain't broke down, fix it. <laughs> All right. Okay, cool. So let's see. Jasmine Gosh. says, I'm called to ministry. This is causing me to have to sacrifice and make changes that are not the usual for my family. How do you get past the frustration or disappointment of knowing that you're going to have to be the oddball in order to follow God's will? Ooh. I am. I'm trying to figure out how I want to answer it. Um, I think that with time, because um, my mom's a little bit up, we're both oddballs, me and my mama. Um, but I think to sorry, I'm like down. I'm trying. I'm like waiting on the Holy Spirit before I say anything. Um, Your family is your is your ministry. You know what I mean. Um, I, when you use the word ministry, I don't want you to become attached to the idea of it being 
fivefold or it being like preaching or singing or those are all great. They're all fivefold ministry gifts, but ministering to people includes our family first. Um, and to me, I went through, I, I understand what you're saying as far as like, man, everybody else wants to go to the club. I can't go to the club. Now, if it's stuff like that, then obviously granted, you're going to have to make some sacrifices and it'll be disappointing. But people will naturally, if you're worried about people understanding or your, your kind of own friction of that understanding, it's that, that just kind of comes with time. I've learned that um, there, there is a separation that happens um, when you kind of step into certain anointings, I guess you could say, because I don't want to say callings, but I will say anointings because anointing costs you something. So basically, if God's given you a mantle to preach, you're going to have to be a little bit maybe more careful about certain things that he's convicted you of. If I'm not sure what the area specifically of maybe fivefold ministry is for you, but I do know that certain things will come with sacrifice, but also to know that family is ministry too. You know what I mean? I just used to be super hard. Like I can't go hang out with y'all. Like I cannot go to Buffalo Wild Wings and go watch the game with y'all. I have to go home and I have to pray like period. And it's like, Kirsten, Kirsten, it's okay. You can go hang out. You can go hang out with your friends, girls. All right. You know what I mean? I had a hard time finding a balance um, and understanding that like they're my ministry too. Like, you know what I mean? And um, I just don't want, I don't know. I have so much, I have so much like flowing in me. Like I don't want Jasmine to feel overwhelmed with pressure to be this thing. Like you're going to naturally grow in the Lord. You're going to naturally sacrifice things in the Lord. He's going to take you step by step as you're going now and your family will understand as you continue to bear fruit, they're going to be like, man, Jasmine didn't yell at me when I asked to borrow her shirt. Man, this Christian stuff may be legit. She might really be called to the ministry. Then they'll be like, I mean, yeah, go do your prayer thing, girl. Have your, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think it's one of those things where there's so there's so many different facets and answers to that. That's why my mind is like, I don't want you to feel so much pressure yeah. to be like, you know, Benny Hinn tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? But you're also not always going to be operating in that ministry level. Like, does that make sense? Like, I, there's Kirsten, the worship leader, and then there's Kirsten. I'm not always leading worship 24-7. You know what I mean? Like, you have, there, there needs to be a balance. So I don't want you to always feel like you're alone. You know what I mean? I don't know. Does that make sense? Am I, I don't, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm communicating what I really want to say. But the idea of being an oddball out almost is the idea of, like, you're alone no one gets you, no one understands you. And you know what I mean? And that's just kind of like, I feel like that's um, isolation and that can not, that can lead to unhealthy things, mentalities. There's no accountability there. There's no community. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. I just don't want, I don't want her to isolate herself trying to, um, you know, do too much like it's okay girl you can go to the movies it's fine just you know make sure it's not rated r or something i don't know i don't know help me out amanda i feel like you know what i'm trying to say but i just can't i'm not saying it right i feel like you said everything like I, I think okay okay i was like my sex is right no no i think and i think you communicated with a lot of compassion so it hurts. um i have definitely felt like an oddball before um i can definitely yeah. I've definitely felt um, maybe not with my family, but with peers. Um, 
and specifically, you know, when I feel like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm like, they see me as like this holy person who doesn't want to be like normal, you know? Um, and I think, I think that, um, what the whole, well, at least what God has shown me is that, um, I fear and desire their acceptance of me, their approval of me more than I care about their souls. And um, when we start to look at people around us, maybe your family or peers or something like that, as people we're trying so hard to fit in with, and, I, and I, there's nothing wrong with fitting in. That's not what I'm saying, but just, just track with me. When, when we start to look at our people, people around us as people that we're seeking to fit in with instead of seeking to minister to, um, then that's when we're going to start to feel like an oddball um, because you're not really going to fully fit in when God has called you to help them, you know? Um, And so I, how can I say, I'm trying to say it with grace because it's like, like, for instance, like Jesus still ate with sinners. Jesus still hung out with sinners. He was still social. I'm not saying be antisocial. I'm not saying be weird. I'm not saying be, you know, holier than thou. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is um, I think what I have experienced in my heart has been um, idolizing people's opinions of me and idolizing their acceptance of me. And so dimming my light in order to feel like I'm still accepted by them when God is just like, I mean, like, I mean, they don't accept you, you know, whether you, you know, whether you're, you're a light or whether you're not, you know, or even if they don't accept you, like I accept you. The point is you are called to influence them. So many times you're like, yeah. oh, this person is so cool. Or this person is my dad. I care so much about their opinions or this person is so influential or whatever. And so I care so much about their opinion, but if they're yeah. lost, lost, they still need Jesus. You know what I mean? And so like start looking at them through the eyes of compassion instead yeah. of really want to fit in with this person it's like no you should really be compassionate for that person if they don't know jesus um so that's something that god has dealt with me on my heart about is not not seeking people's approval more than i have compassion for their souls so yeah especially with friends man i went through like a friend purge 2019 like y'all don't know i know y'all don't know but like a lot of people that i oh you got some in your eye why was i about to blow in my camera (laughs) Like, sit down, Kirsten. I have hair on my contact. I will clean that afterwards. Um, But no, I definitely, I definitely went through that. And it was a, I found myself feeling, having massive FOMO. I was like fear of missing out when it comes to friends. Um, But it's so crazy how, you know, God will give you that separation, but you'll be more at peace with it too. And how I'm I'm 31 and I have my family members, my aunts who are in their 50s and they're like, I'll sit with them and they'll come to me and be like, I'm pouring into them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's why the Lord always says like, don't, don't be look, don't look down upon those because of their age. Because like, if they know me, the well that they're watering you from is my well. So I think just what you said, like about influence, you know what I mean? It, you'd be surprised how... Um, you would, God will shift like a relationship and then you look up and you're like, 
I'm pouring into them and they grown. You know what I mean? So what you said was good. It's good. It's good. So, so good. Okay. Last question. Okay. Okay. So, so Tiffany just said, this is just a conference question. Are you going to send out a link for the conference? I'm super excited and odd that God, you God is doing. Oh, the link. Okay. So I can definitely send it out via email totally, but it's, um, you can go to confidentwomanco.com slash conference. And um, I made this available to um, my previous mentees, but um, now I'm going to start making it available to the public. If you'd like to volunteer at the conference, you can get a half off ticket. Um, so if that's something that you want to do, if you want to volunteer, you want to serve, um, you would be serving two out of the three days uh, that you're there. Um, and so you would just go to confidentwomanco.com slash volunteer. All right. Um, let's see. Okay. We're both wives. So this is, this is probably a good one. Um, how do you balance what you're doing for God in your relationship with your husband, not allowing the relationship to overshadow the call and vice versa? And then on the, the bottom, there's the clarification. You see the clarification. Okay. Yeah. Balancing doing vocational ministry with your spouse and your relationship with them. Ooh, child. That's a go ahead, Amanda. I'm gonna let you go first. <laughs> I didn't even think about my answer. Okay. How do I balance? Oh my gosh. Um I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't prepared to answer anything. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because it's real. Yeah. I mean, how, because you, so I know you and Michael, you guys work from home and you do ministry from home. So you guys are always around each other. Yeah. So how do you continually be intentional? Because, you know, sometimes you could be in the same room with someone, but you're not like spending time with them. And then especially with children, how is it like, how do you keep things like, hey, just because we've been in this house all day looking at each other, don't mean we've been spending time <laughs> together. Yeah. How do you balance, okay. you know? Yeah, you helped me so much. Thank you. That helped me to like. Because I don't, I Solomon, Solomon is away eight hours a day. So I have, and I know this is going to sound crazy, not saying that you don't miss him. I have an opportunity to kind of like miss him. But if he was here all day, I'd be like. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, Michael's actually at a retreat right now, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I miss him so much. Uh, yeah, but he'll be back tomorrow. Praise the Lord. Um, so, so that was really helpful that you you phrase the question that way. So, I think for me, it's just been helpful to have a time for everything. Like um, nine a.m. That's when I'm having my time with God. You know, um, and then um, every Tuesday is date day. We're serious about date day because we, and at the end of 2018, our marriage went through a rough spot and we realized that we hadn't had, we hadn't gone on many dates, you know, yeah. at all in the first four years of our marriage. And so, um, after we started going on dates and being intentional with that, our relationship changed and we realized that we were much more, um, emotionally intimate after that. And so, um, having those set dates are very important because when you are around each other all the time, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're sharing your innermost feelings and thoughts, you know? And so those are really important um, and joy as well. Um, 
having fun together. Um, so having that set time for God, having that set time for dates. Um, and then, you know, we have set time for kids too. You know, it's like yeah. hours of four and seven thirty is time with kids, you know, and putting them to sleep after that, you know? And so it's like that, those are the times that we're just solely focused on the kids. And yeah. so I think what has been helpful for me is just having a time for everything. And I think whenever, um, for me, I'm not a naturally structured person. I'm not a naturally organized person. God didn't bless me with that. That's, he just forgot to put a little sprinkle of that in there. And so for me, I, I have to actually be really intentional with a little bit of structure, but I, I work really well with structure. And so just having a time for everything has been helpful for me. I know that's a, not a super spiritual answer, but it's very practical. And that's what's been helpful for me. What about for you, Kirsten? Um, I would say the same thing. One thing, if I'm just being completely transparent, me and Solomon, we can do ministry together with our eyes closed. It just comes very natural. That's how we met. We met in church. Um, and uh, so that 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 is an area that We've always been able to rely on in a sense, but we used to use it as a ther- as a thermometer to tell us whether we were hot or cold. And it's so crazy how you guys could do something for God, but yet it you you're not in a having a God centered or godly marriage or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like, man, how could we be blessing all these people? But I don't even I hadn't talked to you in like three weeks. Like, what's going on? And so um, I think it was the same thing, like intentionality. We both had to be honest with each other um, and not one thing that we used to do. I'm just going to like talk about some of the bad things we used to do that weren't helpful. Me and Solomon, we used to um, go around this mountain of blaming each other over and over again. Like, well, it's your fault. Well, that's your fault. Well, that's your fault. Well, I did that because you did this. Well, I did that because you did that. And then you did this. So then I did that. And it's like, no one wanted to take responsibility as to why certain things weren't getting done or there wasn't any intentionality or, you know what I mean? It was like, you're always on your phone. Well, you're always on your phone. And there wasn't a thing of like, let me put my phone down there. You know what I mean? Um, we used to always do that. We didn't open up to anyone about, um, you know, what if we were having a hard time because we were in ministry, we were really scared to open up to anyone else and say, hey, we're going through a tough time. Um, so that's another thing that I would definitely encourage if that's the case. I'm not saying that is, but I'm just throwing that out there. Um, and then, like you said, being intentional, I wish Solomon, we always tell people this when we do marriage counseling is that your friendship is the bloodline to your relationship. If you are not pouring into your friendship, your relationship will die. It'll go cold. You know what I mean? Um, callings and ministry won't sustain the marriage and the enemy is out to divide marriages and to divide people. So if you know that that is something that is in his, you know, agenda, your first ministry is your marriage. Like there are times that I wish I would have stepped down from doing whatever I was doing ministry wise to focus on my marriage. Cause that's like, there's no way you can pour out to people if your home is just, like you're coming home and there's no, you know what I mean? So even if it's like, maybe it's, and even if it's not like that extreme, but maybe if like, you know, me and Solomon, we always look at each other and we're like, Hey, are you good? Like, 
my husband's work ethic is a, is like nothing I've ever seen. Like Solomon can literally counsel 10 people a day, run service, not eat, go to the gym and then stay up till 1am writing a resume or writing reports. And I'm looking at him and I'm like, you're not tired. Like what? And so he can go, 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 go. And I'm not like that. And so, um, but we always have to check on each other and, and know our limits. So that way we're not giving our spouse like the short end of the stick. Cause we would give, you know, I would be the first one to be at practice and be at rehearsal and then talk to seven people in a day. And then by the time my husband gets home, I'm tired. I ain't got nothing to say. And he's the one person I should be talking to the most. So I've had to pace myself and be like, Hey sis, I love you, but um, we're going to have to talk tomorrow. If it's not a 911, if you're not dying, if you just want to call me and cry, you know, about um, Luke or Marcus, then we're just going to have to talk tomorrow. You just going to take it to the Lord in prayer because I got to go talk to my husband. Just stuff like that, like putting up boundaries with ministry because if, if you don't put up the boundary when it comes to ministry, other people won't naturally, you know, because you're probably so awesome. And people are just like obsessed with you, <laughs> like whoever this person is. And they probably just love you and your husband and they're not being malicious. They just, they see a call in your life. So they're just going to use you until you say, Hey, we can't do that. Hey, we can't lead every single Bible study this month. Okay. We just can't, we can do one or two, but the other two, we're going to be at the house cuddling, watching movies. You know what I mean? So that's what I would say. That is so good. Oh my God. So teach on marriage like I'm just like this is so good this is so good. I was like oh, what a schedule <laughs> <laughs> no but you need that that intentionality is good because but the cool thing is is that you know Heather Heather and C Heather and Cornelius they see each other they're together all day the kids are at home so I asked her like how do you do that because I'm not in that scenario but a lot of spouses who are in full-time ministry are normally with, they're normally together all day or, you know, they're doing that. And so they need to know I've met, we've met with a lot of marriages who they're together, but they're not together. And so I'm glad you said that because they think, well, we're in the house all day together. So we're spending time together. No, y'all, there's no intentionality there. Y'all just looking at each other and be like, you hungry? Yeah, I'm hungry. Like, like, (laughs) so that's good. I really enjoy your welcome. Of, of knowledge so we'll stop there um because we can definitely go all night <laughs> before we hop off um i know i feel so bad there's so many that and we love y'all so much but i'm so sorry I know. Like i'm a walking booger <laughs> <laughs> okay so does the price for the change conference go up for general admission I'm not on Instagram at the moment. So um, the price has already gone up and the prices for tickets will not go up anymore. Um, So you don't have to worry about the prices going off, uh, going up. um, But as I mentioned, the cutoff date to get your ticket is going to be May 29th. It's not going to go all the way up to June. It's not going to go all the way up to the conference. So you need to make sure that you plan ahead. Um, And so uh, general tickets are $149 for full price. And VIP ticket for VIP experience, you can look on the website and see everything that that comes with. Um, those are two ninety nine, um, And so, yes. Oh, you're getting some love on your lip color. Yes. Oh, Ashley said you need to have Kirsten again, girl. Oh, thanks, guys. Thank you so much. This is, this is a blast. 
this was a blast. And if you loved her, I, I'm really excited about her session at the Change Conference. It's going to be amazing, 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 amazing. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. And the great thing is, is that like, not saying that other people who do this don't, but I really love you. Like, I know you, like, I know you. Like, I know you and love you so much. I've been obsessed with you since the first, since you, since you came to visit and you chopped all your hair off. I said, I love her. She just, oh, she blessed my soul. Yeah, I've, I've always loved you. And I just, my love, I, you don't think your love for a person could grow, but I mean, you know, here you are. I just love you. I'm so thankful and I'm so honored. And thank you everyone for your time and just being so vulnerable with us. Like I'm super honored to be here and be doing this with you. So thank you. All right, guys, that's the end of today's conversation. If you're a part of the confident committee, then do your part leave a review, a five-star podcast rating, and spread the word. I also want to invite you to the 2020 Change Conference hosted by me. This is where we'll have a three-day weekend experience solely dedicated to shedding what was never you to become who God calls you to be. You can purchase your ticket at confidentwomenco.com conference. And if you'd like a half-off ticket for the opportunity to volunteer at the conference, you can go to confidentwomenco.com volunteer. If you haven't already, join our Facebook community and follow us on Instagram at Confident Woman Co. As always, stay confident. confident.